0: Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Steve Tasker along here with Josh Reed. Chris Brown's out for the day, so Josh Reed's going to be here with me. Channel 4 director WIB WIVB TV here in Buffalo. Josh, thanks for coming in spending some time with us on a Friday.
2: Yeah, talking talking a little Bills football. You probably got a little extra
1: time this time
2: of year, yeah, right? well, college you know, basketball's you, starting to crank. Yeah, but... You're right, and because in the past the Sabers have been buried in the standings, but suddenly, <laughs> right. suddenly we've got a Sabres season Woo-hoo! worth watching really closely. Yeah. And it's the end of February. What do we got? Like 26 games ish, something like that left. And uh, man, did you watch last night? I did. Woo-hoo. Watched every bit of it. How much, and how uh, much fun was that? Yeah, it was great. And you know,
1: Marty and Duffer are on right before we are, and I, I don't get it. We're getting ready for this show, so I really don't get a chance to listen to them all that much. But um, I watched the game last night and, you know, I didn't know. And it's the, it's the only score goal in the NHL shorthanded in the post yeah. in the overtime this year. Yeah. The only shorthanded goal in overtime in the entire league it, all year. And Elia Labushkin
2: of all, of course right. just the guy you would pick to draw that Had up. Had I known right? then just, what I know now, right? I would have bet everything, everything on the prop bet. You wouldn't be here right now. You'd be hanging out at the beach somewhere
1: with a golf beast. I be clubs. I'd like to be sitting here saying I told you so. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, that's uh, great t- good stuff. The Bills got a, I mean, the Bills. The same's got a bunch of games in hand. Yeah. And on after a night like night, I'm just like every other jamoke out there. We're gonna make it. We're gonna get yeah. the playoffs, right? Yeah. We, we After the Leafs game, it. did you have
2: that same? After the Leafs feelings, game, it's like, like we are. Uh, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's still been.
1: A, it's been a good season. Sure. We're not gonna make right. it. It still is. Head of schedule. Good. It's right. okay. Uh, yeah. So today it's like yes,
2: we're gonna make it. Yeah. But uh, what do I know? That's I, riding the wave of a young team.
1: Yeah, I. I'm. I'm all about it. Yeah, me too. Don't change it up. Let them. Let them play. Let them yeah. sink or swim. And it's fun. And do it. Yeah, it is. But that's keeping
3: us real busy.
2: Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit before we came on the air. The NFL has turned it into a 12 month yeah. season. I mean, it's all year round. I mean, gonna, it, we you never stop really on the NFL.
1: We're going to be here Monday doing the show. I'm going to be here. Brownie's going to be doing it remotely, and then we're all going to meet up in Indianapolis. And Tuesday mm-hmm. through Friday, we're going to be in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. We're going to have guests. You know, Frank Reich's coming on. Sean McDermott. Uh, Brandon's coming on. We'll have you know national and you know, Nick Sirianni might stop by. We know him. Uh, Daves, Dayball, all those. We're gonna you know you just stand there. Yeah. All these the whole league is there. Yep. And it's it's interesting too because it's not there's no players. Mm-hmm. It's all the GMs, coaches, um, and presidents, and you know, and media, yeah. national media, all descend on Indianapolis. And it's nice. We're in Radio Row, and you get all these guys' guests coming on. But the fun part is the workouts start at the moment we get off the air in Indy. They start at 3. Well, it's an hour after we get off the air because it'll be noon to – no, Indy doesn't do the time change, do they? Right. So it'll be on Eastern time. So they start right when we get off the air, which is fine. You go over there for a couple hours and watch these guys run 40s or jump around in their gym shorts. The unbelievable part of it is you go out to dinner that night and – Every coaching staff in the league is in the restaurant.
2: Yeah, and Hall of Fame players, former guys, they're all that are there. walking in there, and they've got the glasses on, and they've got the fur coat they show down up. to the, and they're there, they to, show they're up. there to rub elbows is, just like everybody else, and it's it's it, awesome. It is a who's who,
1: and you know what? It's kind of cool too because everybody's got their guard down. Sure, you know you can go up and like I, I had a chance to go see, say hi to some guys who normally, you know, kind of have to. Mm-hmm an arm's length from because they're either on another team in the division or they're working or whatever. But, you know, standing at the bar at the restaurant, it's like, hey, sure. do you want to come up and say hi, congratulations, great season? They go, hey, I, you know, it's an, it's an unbelievable atmosphere for people who, like you and me, who are kind of, you know, we're grinding away for five months, you know, seeing these guys from arm's length or across a desk, you know, they're in the lights and they got a microphone in front of them you're asking them questions or stuff. And you kind of get an idea for them, they recognize you and stuff, but they don't get a chance to talk and it's not in the heat of the moment anymore because a lot of times no we're, asking these, no yeah, anymore, we're asking these yeah we're asking these
2: guys stuff right after a game situational stuff this is yeah. you know you sit back you relax there's no big tv camera in front of them with a microphone in front of them things have the dust yeah. has settled on the season and you kind of can just ask things off right. off the cuff, and there's an understanding that a lot of that stuff doesn't right. leave the room. But it's good to have that knowledge, sure. you know, moving it, forward. And it's it's fun too because uh,
1: you do get a chance to have a relationship with mm-hmm. them. You know, like how your kids doing, how your guys doing. Some of these guys you get to know them. You know, you, I've known their kids when they were little, and now they're you know adults doing stuff. So it's it's nice. Uh, you, it kind of marks the season. Plus the last couple of years with COVID and the and the and the uh, pandemic. Everything's kind of back. Like, everybody's still got that kind of like, wow, yeah, it's nice to be. we're back. back. Wow. Yeah. Hey, how you are, are you? Oh, you guys are here this year. Yeah. Oh, awesome. You know, that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool as that. Now, Steve Tasker, Josh Reed. We've got It's Friday, and we've got the mailbag open. So if you have some questions or some comments about uh, what's going on with the Bills free agency and the draft and the combine coming up or anything else on your mind, you can tweet at us at 1BillsLive, uh, at or you can call us at 803-0550 or 888-552-550. The phones are going to be open um our our social media twitter is going to be open just you know just shout out at us and we'll we'll, we'll get back to you while we're on the air uh, a lot of stuff going on around the league at this point a lot of firings and hirings happening um did you uh, we talked about uh, the uh the Aaron Rodgers thing where he came out of the cave yesterday <laughs> and we, we You know, I guess I sh- I'd ask you what you think about it because it's, it's the story kind of the week that, you know, his Groundhog Day where he came out, and I don't know whether he saw his shadow or not, but what's he going to do and what's the best course of action. It's been reported now that Green Bay's like, ready to, uh, like, uh, thanks for showing up, Aaron. We appreciate you. Love you, man. Um, it's great. Where are you going to play? Because it's not going to be here. At
2: They're some point, they've got to find out what Jordan Love can do, right? Well, yeah. I mean, at some point. <clears throat> He's got to play, and at some point, the Aaron Rodgers stuff wears itself thin, and I'm sure it has. I'm sh- sure it has for a while now. Um, it, the the whole retreat thing is: if I told you there's one of the 32 quarterbacks that is going to end up doing a darkness retreat, <laughs> I think most people would have said Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. is the guy. Yeah, that would right. Been, it been seems a... like it's right on brand. Yeah, for that him. wouldn't. Have...
1: That would have been a. a how long min- would, that would you have been a minus one? How
2: long would you last? And he only lasted retreat? two.
1: It was reported You only lasted two. It's supposed to be oh, four. Yeah, and there was a light switch in the building, by the way. And all I had to oh, do man, is turn. It's over not that dark. Right. Yeah, it ain't that dark? <laughs> I didn't brush my teeth in the dark, right? I mean, come on. So, uh, how tough could it have been? I think that it's.
2: There's good look. There's going to be an
1: attention it, grab.
2: There, there is go- absolutely. There's going to be. He's not going to have a lack of teams interested. Especially teams that feel like they're close. Yes. And that they're a quarterback away. A of the Jets. I, I think The Jets a- have Derek Carr in, and they sell
1: him on the fact that if he comes in, wins with New York with the roster that they have, and he could very well do it, and he goes the distance, you're, they're telling him he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, if that was the case for real, and I told you this, if the, if the Jets really believe Derek Carr come in there and is going to win, and that put him in the Hall of Fame. He should have been signed yesterday. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, if they really believe that, which obviously I don't think they do, I think it's a sell job. They should have had him under wraps all right away, unless they somehow certainly believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be available, and then he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Aaron Rodgers, thirty nine. Derek Carr's not. Um. Yeah, the Jets Derek have Carr's to not weigh. Derek Carr's not Aaron Rodgers. I get it, but you're only going to get Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Yeah, two maybe.
2: Uh, the Jets would have to weigh, are are they willing to go all in right now? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers is a win at all costs in the next year or two. Right. Derek Carr gives you a little more flexibility there. He's got probably a few more years than that. I agree, him, but so. he's not as good a quarterback. No, of Even at this not.
1: point of his career, no question. Um. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think we're going to see some movement here as the free agent market comes down and the draft starts coming up. Teams start getting a better handle on who the quarterbacks available are in the top round. Some people have as many as four guys, four college quarterbacks getting taken in the first round. I think is about normal, given that one point five of those guys probably don't deserve to be in the first round, but will be because of the position. Um, I'm saying one point five because they're not going to draft a half a guy, but you know, on average. Yeah. Uh, some of those guys get inflated. It's going to be interesting. But that, that's going to be, as always, the story coming out of this season. I said yesterday, and see what you think about this, Josh. I'm, I've made this we, – we say, let's let's take Steph Diggs from my Minnesota, put him in Buffalo. He's just plug him and play. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley can play anywhere. We'll put him in sure. offensive tackle. Hey, we got that guy. But when we talk about quarterbacks, it turns into a soap opera. You gotta hate well, Aaron's this kind of guy that's got this personality, and Russ Wilson. We're gonna talk about him in a minute as well. He's got a thing going on. Russ Wilson, you got Derek Carr, all these guys. We see them as
2: soap opera figures rather than just guys who can plug and play. Yeah, because I mean that's that's the face of your organization, right? I mean, that's the position that is the guy. That's the guy that's out in front of everybody. That's the That's the player that is supposed to be the voice of your team. I mean, you don't have to go any further than right here inside this building. I mean, when it's Josh Allen, you talk about the Bills, he is the name that comes up. Right. Point blank, period. Sure. He's the guy, and he should be. Pat Mahomes, same thing in Kansas City. So, yeah, it becomes a soap opera because those guys are soap opera stars. Um, And and to plug them and play them and personalities and does this guy mesh with this guy and that, I mean – did you see the the report where apparently Russ Wilson, yeah, wanted Pete Carroll fired. Well, yeah, tried all to get some, him fired.
1: Uh, that's right. Before tried he to left, get Pete, got talking about a soap opera. Pete Carroll and uh, the GM as well, uh, John Schneider. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, he wanted both of them fired. God, how do del- I don't want to say diluted? Man, you got to you got to have a heck of an ego to think you're going to win a power struggle with a head coach and a GM.
2: A, a head coach that has put w- <laughs> you in the position you are in <laughs> yeah right you talk about hey thanks yeah. thanks a lot for everything you've done for me now beat it right I mean there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that are going to win that power struggle and clearly he didn't and right. man did the Seahawks look like they yeah they look brilliant they it's, look so smart for what they did I mean don't they
1: yes they do I they mean do. they
2: Pete Carroll, they, they ran stood their, by Pete Carroll. They ran it, yeah, they they
1: knew what they were looking at, the Seahawks did. They knew what all the parties brought to the table. Pete Carroll, for all, for all the stuff that's happened in his career, with the stuff at USC and the National Championship getting vacated, all that stuff, uh, and then the success he's had in Seattle consistently. Yes. Uh, and transfer transforming their roster from the Legion of Boom to a roster that's still very competitive in a tough division with a quarterback that they were paying a ton of money and handling that whole transition and doing it over the course of a long period of time, um, that takes a special guy.
2: And they knew it. How good, did, how good of a job did they do of keeping all that inside the room and not letting it leak out because it would have put up a lot of red flags, probably even for Denver at that point, right? Absolutely. Before he leaves Seattle. And then he gets to Denver, and immediately you hear how, well, he wants his own staff inside the building. He wants his own people inside the building. He he wants all these different things. Well, he didn't just become that guy when he got to Denver. He was clearly that guy in Seattle. So they did a good job of dealing with it. In, oh, yeah. Inside there, takes and, then, a, and then it leaks out that they
1: try to get Pete Carroll fired. It takes a quality guy, it takes a quality organization to do that and, and handle it the way they did. We've got a, a caller on the line from New York, Matt in New York. He, want, he's, he wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and Derek Carr. Matt in New York, what's on your mind? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, uh,
4: good morning, good afternoon, guys. How we doing?
1: Great. Go good. ahead.
4: All right. So as a Bills fan, um, I hope that the Jets actually take Aaron Rodgers. From, like, a team standpoint, I think Rodgers ruins the team. Uh, When he struggles, he blames everybody else. So I'm more worried about the Jets if they take Derek Carr than I am them taking Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, great football player, great quarterback, will be in the Hall of Fame. But is he worth all the baggage that he brings? So as a Bills fan, I hope the Jets definitely get Rodgers because I think it's going to absolutely blow up in their face.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I, I get it. As you're, if you're a Bills fan, you're hoping they take Rodgers because, a, you think his personality is going to sabotage his ability on the field, and Absolutely. b, and b, he doesn't have as long a career as Derek Carr, and the Jets are going to be right back into quarterback purgatory at a at a quicker, at a quicker pace than they would be with Derek Carr, who may give him solid, if not good, quarterback play for five years instead of two. So I get that, and that's an interesting take. It, and, and I. I'll say this though, Green Bay has put up with now Aaron Rodgers has been a first battle hall of famer and he's gotten them to deep in the playoffs a ton of times. But he does suck the air out of the room, right? Um he does, and thanks for the call, Matt. He does suck the air out of the room.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think, personality-wise, like we were just talking about, I don't think that's a good fit for the Jets. I, I to to your point, I just with all of those young talented playmakers, I don't think he's the guy you want around them. I think they have a youthful, talented, exuberant group that seems like they're having fun playing the game. Obviously, I'm not a beat reporter for them, but they do. They seem like they have a good, young, fun group. And bringing that into the mix, I I, I don't know. Look, from the outside looking in, man, is Um, that a fun storyline. I think that is a fun – you put Aaron Rodgers in New York City – yeah, he can Perfect. handle the
1: day to day. I mean, the the media is not going to get the best no. of him, and he'll and it may be a, it may turn into a combative thing, which you know the New York media is not averse to doing. But Aaron, Roy, it won't affect his play on the field. In fact, it might enhance it. Uh, but
2: well, I mean, he's coming from comes Green
1: Bay. in, yeah, Green Bay. There's like two guys in the locker room, two media guys in the locker exactly. room, right? Uh, to New York, where there's twenty. Yeah. Um, I it would be a spectacle, no question about it. A real spectacle, and how he he would handle it, but it, if he doesn't play well, if he goes in flames out, wow, that would be that would be like a meteor shower. You just kind of go outside and watch it watch it burn. You know,
2: I'm trying to think back to when Brett Favre left Green Bay. He had yeah. a couple good seasons in Minnesota, sure, right? He had yeah. a couple he had a couple he good years. He could still play, so. I don't know. I don't remember that Vikings roster offhand, you know, if they were experienced or veteran laden or if they were, you know, younger, but those two guys had, you know, and maybe that's why there was some friction between Favre and Rodgers. Maybe they're a little more alike than they'd want to believe. Right. You know, maybe they're, you know, cause let's face it. Favre was never afraid of the spotlight. He was, he had a lot of, um, right. about Brett Favre. And
1: and if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're this, you know, this smart dude, um, you got to learn something from it as well, and I think the one thing he learned is you get a lot of attention. And it's a lot of fun to be in the center of it in the off season, but when push comes to shove, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, don't leave. Don't go to Minnesota. Don't go to the Jets. You be, you know, it, it tarnish. So I think that's the way Rogers plays this whole thing. I think that last year the the psychedelic mushrooms, this year the darkness retreat, um, all of that stuff is just merely to. Force the Packers into professing their undying
2: love for him before he comes. And says, "Oh, I'm never going to go anywhere." So, so you think he stays? You think uh, you think yeah. we're talking about him back in Green Bay? I don't think he's the one who makes the decision to, you to
1: leave. You. I think they do. And okay. it's as this report's coming out says, so they're kind of ready to go. Uh, Jordan Love may be a really good quarterback. We don't know, and there only there's only one way to find out, and that's to jettison. Aaron Rodgers at 39 years of age, after his worst years a pro, or second or third worst year as a
2: pro, and how close are they really? Green Bay and the NFC? I mean, they're not that close. No, right? I mean, when you start looking well, down the the list of teams in the NFC, yeah. they're not right. But who? They're in the division, like yeah, Minnesota. Well, that's true. Minnesota
1: put it together last year, but I, but, I uh, well, can Kirk Cousins,
2: keep doing it. Right? I, I'm with you there. But the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears? Are you joking? I mean. Well, the no. Lions got a nice young nucleus. Now I'm with you. the The, the argument there, though, again, is that quarterbacking is Jared Goff. What we saw last year, the on Lions, a consistent basis. the
1: Lions and the Bears are always going to be the Lions and the Bears, and they're you know they'll, you don't care. they'll catch like, lightning. They they'll catch lightning in a bottle once every decade, maybe twice a decade, where they flirt with the playoffs or have it like the Detroit Lions did this last year. But ultimately, they don't get the support that they need from. Whatever, the roster, the GM, the ownership, name it what you want. It's always something. And they never put it together. And the Bears caught lightning in a bottle and had one of the all-time most legendary uh, teams in league history and got to the playoffs two years. Two. Got to the playoffs. Yeah. And they won won the Super Bowl with the 85 Bears, one of the most iconic teams of all time. The next year they got deep into the playoffs. No. And then they were done. The whole thing was done. The coach was everything. I mean, so that kind of leadership does not put the Green Bay Packers in a place. They're gonna they're gonna be in the hunt for that division
2: title next year. Yeah, but to be one and done though in the postseason. I, I don't know if I'm the Packers. I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. I'm. I,
3: I, I can see I, that. I do.
2: I, I I get what I can for him. I, I I roll the dice with Jordan Love, thinking that look, if I'm gonna be one and done in the postseason, I'm gonna do it with because. If they can win, if what you're saying is that division's so bad that they could probably then win it with Jordan Love. Right? right? Do they really need Aaron well, Rodgers? That's
1: what we don't know. Here's the thing. I think that the coaching staff in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur and his group, they have got to be sitting there talking to Mark Murphy and the and the board of the Packers and the ownership and the president. And all, they're the higher, the brass of the Packers. There have got to be long conversations about okay, how good is this Jordan Love? You got to know. You see him in practice every day. You hear the conversations he has with Aaron. You see him throw the football in practice against you know even if it's second team. I don't know about you. Got to know. It gets people fired. This decision, if it backfires, people get get fired. I get it. I get all that. I get all that. But they got to know. They got to have more information than you and me sitting here in Buffalo. They go, yeah. I, if they're sitting there going, I think the kid can really play. He's got a live, you know, he's got some stuff, and we'd use him. So we, yeah, in this division, yeah, Jordan Love can win this division.
2: Great, then, dude. Then see you. Yeah, see you, Rogers. Fish don't cut bait. But yeah, you know, I, I like that. I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's fish don't cut bait. I like that. <laughs> right. I'm so, stealing that. Yeah. So that's what you got to do. And
1: they. They're running out of time on Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. They need him on the field to find out. And certainly, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to throw a hissy fit after everything he's done in the last couple of years about considering retiring, considering going someplace else. You know, just walk off. Take the trade. Because if they trade you, he's still going to get his money Mm because the deal's in place. But it's a
2: big number. Huge number. 53-plus. here, here's the crazy plus. thing. We're sitting here talking about winning the division being, quote-unquote, good enough for the Packers. That organization, that's not an organization that's built around just winning the division and being happy. like That, that's that right. organization but here's is the thing. one no, that's built on winning it all.
1: They're, they're not worried. Oh, let me say this. I don't know how much they're worried about anything because they're going to sell it out no matter what. Sure. And if you change quarterbacks of this magnitude – now they did it with Aaron from Brett Favre to Aaron certainly but if you change quarterbacks and you win the division it's like oh, you know everybody's saved for you know the jobs are saved and all of that too I, you can't you know realistically i think most fans would uh, uh, would understand listen we had two hall of fame quarterbacks back to back we get 3 it's going to be unprecedented if Jordan Love is good it's
2: not fair that's right it's not fair. That's right. But like, even if he's—I'm you know, not say, saying Hall of Fame good. If he is Pro Bowl good, right? It's not fair. Right. Green Bay shouldn't get go from Favre to Rogers to another another guy. They yeah. should have. They should have a quarterback drought. They should. <laughs> should they two should decades
1: be, of quarterback they, purgatory. They, are, they have been penalized with a right? quarterback
2: drought for the next
1: five point seven years. Right? Yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but. I'm kind of with you, and I don't know whether it's you and I sitting here where I'm tired of looking at Aaron Rodgers, because they've been gifted a cruddy division for all these years, and you know those two quarterbacks made hay in it. Um, I mean, there are teams in the division that cannot beat Aaron Rodgers. The Bears can't beat him. Ever. Ever,
2: unless he gives it to them. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I'm trying to think back at the – obviously we know about Brady – against the Bills and how much he just single handedly dominated them. The only other one I can think of recently was Rothelsberger owned the Browns. I mean Rothelsberger yeah. was Yeah. I mean his record was something like twenty seven and three or yeah. something. I mean yeah. but yeah, you're to your point, I mean he's he's making hay against some bad teams. Right.
1: Right, Steve Tasker, Josh Reed here with you until three o'clock. Uh, at the top of the hour, we're going to have Tyler Dunn come on from Go Long Sports. He's going to come on with us and talk about the 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 uh, combine and all of that. We're taking your calls, um, and also the Friday mailbag is open. You can reach us at eight zero three zero five fifty or eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. You got one caller before we take a break. We'll try and squeeze in this one call, Kevin in Hamburg. Kevin, uh, you have a question about OBJ? What's going on?
3: Yeah, my question is is Well, first of all, thanks for taking my call on that. Um, Yeah, I want to know about what's happening with him. He visited with the Bills before Christmas, between Thanksgiving and Christmas as well as the Cowboys. And then he just disappeared. The holidays came. The Martin Hamlin thing came, the postseason. Um, I'd like to see him maybe come back and give us another world visit before what happens with him. Because I think he'd be awesome if we don't like the selection of the receivers in the draft, and it's not going to be a wonderful receiver draft like it was with, you know, Jefferson and this and Jamar Chase and this dude and that dude. I'd like to see him come and give us one more visit before they decide or us decide on that. So I'd like to see him because I think he would really help us. He's not been hurt last year because he didn't play last year or since the Super Bowl injury against the Bengals. So I'd like to see him come and, you know, give us another visit. Maybe. I'll, I'll right. hang up and let you talk.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. He's uh, been off the radar because it's kind of that time of year when guys like that are off the radar. One of the problems with him being signed to like the Cowboys or to the Bills or the teams that were flirting with him back to the Rams was that at that time when he was had been cleared to play or cleared for football activity, he didn't want to take a physical. Um, and that – is a no-go for NFL teams he, he you know he'd come back and help a team in the playoffs and all of that he flirted with that idea but let's face it he's going to do what's best for Odell Beckham and at that point it was you might as well wait till the end of the season wait till the offseason get a hundred percent then you could submit yourself to a physical get back in shape and sign a contract no question he's a really good receiver when he's 100 percent healthy and if he gets back to that there will be no shortage of teams who want to sign him the bills included. But he won't be making blockbuster, in fact, in my opinion, and I don't know about what you think about this, Josh, I don't think he's going to make, you know, a 15 million bucks a year to come back and play. What kind of contract will he sign, do you think, coming back? Uh, it'll be
2: an okay – Yeah, he's 30. He's 30, and I, I, that's what I was just looking up here. I wanted to see. He's 30. He'll turn 31 during the season in November. Right. So – You know, we've talked about it a lot. The drop off at 30, in particular at wide receiver, at that position. Um, I think he's going to, I think you're looking at a one year prove it deal type of thing. They'll have no problem finding somebody to do that. He'll have, he shouldn't, you wouldn't think. But coming off a knee and the. And look to your point, he didn't want to do a physical for teams at that point in the year when he was kind of making the rounds with he's, all the different teams. Yeah, he's teams, damaged goods. Teams teams were in a need. Like he, there were teams that were already interested. You know, they they brought him in and they talked to him and did the whole thing. But that tells me that there wasn't anybody that was near comfortable enough to to bring him in um, last year. Now he will be. You know, he he injured it what going on for it was the Super Bowl. So going on 14 months now since he since he did the knee. Right. So he will have had ample time to recover. I could see Odell taking this into camp. Yes. Right? And just just kind of waiting, seeing what the best opportunity is. You know, the last thing somebody like that wants to do is sign early, find out that the quarterback situation isn't what he thought it was going to be. And then you're going. Ah, this isn't the quarterback I thought I was going to get when I got here. You know, right. it, it, you sit back and you wait for for camp to start going. Then you he can be selective, once right. again, kind of back to where he was at the end of the regular season when he was making the rounds. Kind of he you right. know, he made it sound like he was picking and choosing. But let's face it, the right. teams at the end of the day were just bringing them in to do their due diligence. That's right.
1: That's what it's going to be going forward. Now, he's not going to sign during free agents. He's been a free agent for long enough. Uh, but he is going to wait to find out which quarterback. You know he's going to want to go to one of the top quarterbacks. Sure. I mean, he could end up in Kansas City, too, for all we know. Um, L.A., Buffalo, Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati gets rid of T. Higgins, OBJ comes right in, you know, plugs right in, that kind of thing. And it's uh, a much
2: cheaper, cheaper option. option
1: than than the top money that T. Higgins is going to get. Um, he's not going to do anything until he knows really a hundred percent as much as he can what the situation is going to be. Unless somebody blows his socks off of the deal, which is not going to happen.
2: I I so can't see that.
1: He's going to sit tight and wait. And I'm, I like what you're saying. He may sign after the draft, probably be after the draft, and during or before OTA's startup where he can get in, start getting acclimated and stuff like that. So that that's what I think. It's gonna be he's gonna bide his time just kinda hang out and watch and, and then pick his spot. When everybody's all settled down, he'll be able to pick a spot where he say, you know what? That's a pretty good spot for me. Like a Seattle that you know, we're you know going for DK Metcalf and play with
2: him and those kind of guys. Because how much acclamation do you need when you're this far into your career, right? I point, mean, yeah. you, you probably know everything you need to know. You, you know, sure, there's different terminology and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, to me, Odell is that guy. You go, hey, run down the field, and I'm gonna toss it up, and you're gonna right. be more athletic That's than right. everybody else.
1: Steve Tasker, and Josh Reed, here with you till two, three o'clock. Um, top of the hour, we're going to have Tyler Dunn come and join us. We're taking your calls and we're also got our Friday fan mailbag open as well. We'll be right back after this. This is One Bill's Live presented by Collider Health and this is Buffalo Bill's radio. Welcome back to One Bill's Live, Steve Tasker Josh Reed in for Chris Brown today. Um, we'll take in your calls at 803-0550 and 888 550 550 You can also tweet at us at one Bills Live. and for the Friday mailbag, if you have any questions you want us to get to right away. We have one guy who's waiting on the on the phone,
0: uh, John in Buffalo. Go ahead. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Doing great. I was on a couple times with you. The last time uh, was about Super Bowl three, watching the Jets win in uh uh, In Vietnam, while I was there, Um, I go back so far, and Josh, to tell you, uh, I go back, not only did I see the Buffalo Bills beat the San Diego Chargers in the Super Bowl, or or not, I wish it was a Super Bowl, in the American Football League conference, I go back when uh, there were only two channels in Buffalo, Channel 2 and Channel 4, that was it, Channel 7 came in, but somehow we couldn't get it. Uh, and I actually saw the uh, Buffalo Hockey Bisons, Farm Club of the uh, Rangers, uh, win the Calder Cup. And that's when there were only six teams in the National Hockey League. But what I'm really calling about, first of all, we got a new way this year of watching football with the guys. Uh, I can't go to the stadium anymore. My kids live in New York and Saratoga Springs around here. Uh, we lately used Zoom. you got to coordinate it. Because, uh, you know, there's a time differential. To be exact, for the turkey game this past year, my son in Long Long Island was a minute and a half against us. So he would be two plays ahead of us. And we had to be careful because there was a differential of time. You know, a few seconds here and that we'd figure it out by the time clock. And uh, usually it would be four or five seconds or that. We had to coordinate so that we didn't give away things. We turned down the volume. But what's cool, uh, and I thank the Bills for it because what the fact that they're uh, winning so much and getting notoriety, uh, my out town children get the games because it's on national TV because they've uh, acquired, you know, everybody wants to see them. But anyway, we watched the one game and we try to not give anything away. And we watched the, uh, the game, uh, the playoff game between the Ravens and the Bills. And we all were very quiet, tried not to give any emotions. My son uh, in Long Island was only about one second apart. You know, my son about a block away here was about 15 seconds apart. And we were watching the Ravens game into the third quarter. And uh, Ravens were driving, trying to get a touchdown to put them just a little bit behind the bills. And my son just said, you're going to like this. And of course that was when Taron Johnson intercepted the ball and ran it back for a touchdown. So I really did like it. And he didn't give it away by howling and everything else. The other thing I wanted to mention a couple of weeks ago, you talked about the pro bowl. I liked the pro bowl the way it was this year because the girls that like to play flag football, my grandson who's eight years old who likes to play Frank, Play football gets to see a lot more. And of course it's different than when you guys played Steve and you were in Hawaii and it was different when the American football league was playing the national football league in the pro bowl. And then after that, because those games meant something because the national football league belittled the American football league so much that they really was, you know, really tried to win that game and um but yep. i think the changes are good
1: well thank and you john I appreciate it. To
0: the bills for being so great
1: well thanks john thanks for the call um yeah it's it's difficult when you have kids that live out of town and i like i i use the term diaspora because there's a a sense about buff i i realized this as soon as i came to town that it people come, like you and me we came here to town to live and work, work yeah um, and now i've my and my family, we decided we're here. We're lifers here now. But we're unusual. Most people grow up here and then leave. So there's these Bills fans everywhere. everywhere. Like scattered, I mean everywhere. Like, you know, I got a daughter in Alaska. I got, you know, you go to the West Coast. You go to, the, obviously, in Florida and, and all of those places. There's a ton of people down there. Every place you go, there's Bills fans. And it's kind of cool. But you can't watch the games with your family members who are scattered around the globe, and that makes it tough.
2: Yeah. it. I uh, Like you're mentioning, it, uh, we just bought a house. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're saying, you know, you come here for work, and then all of a sudden you find yourself a couple yeah. decades later. Right, well, still we're working. like, You know what? We like it here. Let's,
4: let's buy yeah. a house.
2: So yeah. it's like we're not going anywhere. So right. it's like now we're going to eventually our kids are going to get older and grow up and then, you know, hope not rush time too fast here because right. they're still little but and then eventually we're going to yeah, be in the same I, spot where it's like zoom or whatever the new zoom will be in 20 right. years it'll be like hey you want to watch the bills with your old man and yeah. you know you're like they're on a different time zone exactly that's it's
1: interesting because now I'm you know I'm sitting here with three generations in town where where we showed up as newlyweds right yeah. so um, yeah I I can certainly you know understand you know Mark's point of you wanting to watch it with your family with your family yeah it's hard to do that's part of it it's hard that's
2: what that's what makes buffalo such a the the fan base and the environment again it's it's such a family and even people who aren't blood relatives it's a family it's yes like it's just a family feeling it is
1: and it's it's part of and i tell people this and it's you know you can take it for what it's worth but it's uh it's part of the heritage of growing up here. Mm. And you even if you're not a f- sports fan, you kind of have to deal with it somehow, right? <laughs> yes, You still have to deal with it because everybody is. Sure. and But not everybody is. But the ones who aren't kind of have to put up with it because everybody else is, right? So, uh, and I don't know anybody who's not, but, yeah, it's part of the fabric of what makes this region special. Uh, you know, it's the people part of what makes the people happy and th- th- what they all have in common is stuff like the bills and the saves and you know the water f- downtown and you know river works and you know the you know the suburbs that we all know and all the little iconic things that we all do here Ellicottville and you know the whole thing that people travel around, it's just part of you know yeah. you say things and you know, yeah, Allentown, yeah, okay, yeah. Did you go to you know, did you go to Taste of Buffalo? Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, Wingfest, All right. now Did you check out yeah. Allbright Knox this yeah. summer? You yeah, that kind of stuff, the, the Bisons, Mouse? all that, the, sure. you know, all of it. We all know that stuff, and it's a small group that you can have those conversations sure. with. And his his call was kind of typical. I mean, his, and thanks for your service, by the way. Sure, but. I mean that speaks to everybody who's here in Buffalo. It's like, well, yeah, I was watching, them and you, it's, you, know, you talk about it with your kids, you know, because they
2: know you. They grew up being a fan with you. They go went to their first game with you, you know. And um, how many people were listening to him tell that story and were nodding their head, going, well, that, yeah, oh, I yeah, can yeah, relate yeah. to that." Right? I, I, a lot of way, people were doing, and
1: that. a bunch of them are like, a bunch of them are going to n- dial the phone and t- reach and tell us their stories because they got one just like sure. it. Sure. Um, and. It's where we're all at. Sure. Uh, it's part of – it's amazing, too. You know, some of it is the, t- the point in history we live in. But during the time of the drought uh, between 98 and – or wherever it was, 17, 16, uh, 2016, and 2016, the the fan base of the Bills, to me, actually got stronger mm-hmm. A more – calloused yes right and, and up. tougher
2: yeah and more resolute yeah right really dug their heels in uh, right like i'm not going anywhere i'm like yeah I'm like oh it. yeah
1: you think that you, you think your team's bad <laughs> yeah, watch I'll me you be you. a fan of my watch team. sunday right watch, you watch what my yes. team's gonna you think do your te- you, you think you're a good <laughs> fan you, you, watch me <laughs> do, <laughs> do it with this team watch <laughs> this quarterback play exactly <laughs> uh, we were kind of in it together it was kind of kind of thing like it's that bunker yeah we're bunker mentality we are gonna make it hurt right and uh, they took great pride in it and and because of that we come out on this side of it with Josh and Sean and, sure. and Brandon right. and Diggs and the and the crew and it's like dude this is you know this is awesome uh you were riding this you know this freight train of a football team now and every and now you kind of see guys like you know Mark the caller just reaping the benefits yeah it really does feel like you're reaping benefits from all those years of
2: the of, agony. Of agony. I mean, they're they're now the fan base has a team that Von Miller wants to play for. Right? I mean the guys are lining up, right? You you've got like first ballot Hall of Famer's going, You know, I think doing. I pick doing you. <laughs> yeah. I pick you. Yeah. You know, and that's gotta feel good as a fan base. I he mean really when, you're, does. when you're when you're a fan, that's gotta feel good. Hey, he likes us too. Right. It's right. not just a one-way relationship. Yeah.
1: All right, we're going to take a break here. Josh and I are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take a call from Dan in Rochester. Uh, we're going to have more of your calls. We'll read more of your tweets to us on the Friday Fan Mailbag. Uh, Steve Tasker, Josh Reed, One Bills Live. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Steve Tasker along with Josh Reeves. We've got a caller on the line uh, who uh, Dan in Rochester wants to talk about Josh and the way he plays quarterback and the decision-making he makes and taking checkdowns. Dan, go ahead. You're on One Bills
4: Live. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Love the show, of course. This is something I've tried to get through on before a couple of times, but, of course, the show is so busy. Anytime the, uh, the topic of checkdowns or who should play the slot comes up, early – before the season started, there was an interview, and one of the reporters was asking Josh about uh, you know, the, the new dynamic between Barkley and him, and he said something I thought was telling back then that they weren't going to put anything in the playbook that he didn't like. And I thought at that time, who who's the coach? You know, I mean, Dabo had enough cachet that he was always going to be Coach Dabo, but I'm afraid with Josh right now that they're too close. So if he comes back to the sideline after throwing a pick or whatever, and they say, hey, you should have took the check down, he can say, yeah, but I saw this, and I wanted to try that, and I thought, and they're going to be like, okay. Where he still needs a coach, I think, to say, I don't care what you saw, take the check down, but I don't know if Barkley has the cachet to do that. I just thought if you guys have an opinion on that, going from Dave O, who was uh, on his way up, he's got as much cachet as Josh does, but now Barkley, they're more buddies. You mean Dorsey? I well,
2: you, you mean Dorsey. You mean Dorsey,
1: yeah. not Barkley. Yep. Um, yeah, here Dan, I'll tell you this. Don't don't read anything to, into what Josh says about having nothing in the playbook he doesn't like. That that's commonplace. That's the way it works. Um that's the way it is well, for I mean, Dak that's Prescott. Fun. That's the way it is for that's great. the way it is for Zach Wilson. Let yeah, alone Josh Allen.
4: That don't work for me, or that aren't good for me. It was like that I don't like. like yeah, he that, was gonna say, "No, I get it." No, no. no. Yeah, that's just
1: verbiage. That's just that's verbiage. Just, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the way it is for every quarterback because there's some things a quarterback just, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they don't they don't like the play because they don't like the where it takes their eyes or what the defense looks like or whatever. But don't don't be sidetracked by that because what happens is the quarterback just doesn't like it. For whatever reason, it could be the way, the alignment, the, the personnel, or whatever, and there could be a way they run it where he does like it better. But when Josh says there's not going to be anything in playbook he doesn't like, that's like saying, I don't know,
2: it's like saying he's not going to eat anything he doesn't like. That's like a chef saying, I don't like this on the menu. Let's not put that on the menu. Well, if that's your chef that's that's what you don't put it on the menu right and, and, it's, and it's not
1: it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he can't run it or won't run it or can't throw it or what it just he just doesn't like it. Um, that, I, that happens to literally to every single quarterback in the league. In fact, some coordinators, I've had some coordinators, I'm trying to get the guy to tell me what he really likes and what he doesn't like. And some of the guys say, no, I'll run anything you want. That's fine. You know, they're kind of like this puppy dog mentality. He's like, yeah, I'll run anything you want. But when they run the play, it stinks because the guy really doesn't like it that much, but he's running it for the coach. Uh, That's just the way it works in pro football. You don't, you want the players to run plays they feel good about. And I know that's a fine balance, and it sounds like, hey, just run the play. It's not that easy. It's not that, it's not how it works. Uh, What you can say, though, and I will give you this. You can say like when Dorsey calls plays, he'll tell the, every coach does it. They'll say, "Hey, listen, don't forget, don't forget the shallow cross, or don't forget the check down. What you know, watch out for motor on the check down on this, or watch out for Beasley uh, late over the middle after your first and second read. You know, go to Beasley over. The, they'll give them extra stuff like that to get it in the guy's mind. To hey, remember, if it's not perfect, this guy, we know this guy's going to be here. Get it." Um, but the stuff we talk about, Josh not taking checkdowns and being more willing to do that, that all has to do with Josh and Josh alone. Um, Dorsey's got stuff like that mixed in. Every single play, there's an outlet, somebody who's going to be there who's got to get open. Now, certainly you can make a case that, well, their outlets aren't getting open or whatever, but that's not that has not been the issue. The issue is the decisions that Josh wants to make and his abilities to throw the ball, throw the ball deep. And how much he wants to throw the football deep, Um, but don't get caught up in the fact that Josh doesn't like that they're not coaching him, or that Josh isn't listening to him, or that they need a different kind of relationship. Uh, Certainly, some relationships work and some don't. But I don't. I don't think the way their offense was was humming along this year that they need to worry about too much about the relationship between Josh and Dorsey being. Too close.
2: I look, I think I, I think that it, I and I understand why Ken Dorsey caught some heat throughout the year and everything. But keep in mind, and I think Brandon Bean put it best at the end of the year at his press conference. He said, look, I'd like to think that I'm better at my job now than I was in my first year. And, I mean, isn't that isn't that the case right. for everybody? Right. Wouldn't you like to think that you grow and you get better and you figure out, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this is the way I'm going to do this going forward, this is the way I'm going to do that going forward. I, I, I'm i not one of the people that's pressing the panic button on Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen, their relationship. I, I think at the end of the day, to, and to your point, like the whole – Josh saying, hey, I don't like this. He said that several times during the season. Just in, on a week-to-week basis was asked about something, and he would say, I, you know, that was something that we talked about, and I, I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And that, that, to your point, like, that's very, very common. It also brought up something that – and I want to say this was the Bears-Road game that after, after the game – you remember when he – I think it was that Bears-Road game – he after the game and the post game after they win, he brought up the idea that he had, he went to Ken when they were already in the city that they were traveling to and said, "Hey, I kind of like this." And they sat the night before the game and reimagined a play. And man, I think it was the Bears game and reimagined a play and then they ran it successfully. Right, and it was something that they hadn't. They hadn't installed during the week. It was something that they had like, looked at a little bit in camp, and then they, they brought it up the night before, and Josh and Ken, to me, that's the working relationship you want. It's the ability to figure it out on the fly a little bit because that's what you need to be able to do in this league. That's
1: right. It's, it's all about the here and now and, uh, and what you can do going forward. All right, we're going to take a break here. Tyler Dunn, he was a former Bills Packers beat reporter. He writes stuff for the Bleacher Report. He's also the founder of Go Long. Uh, He writes NFL feature stories. Tyler Dunn coming up after the break. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed on One Bills Live. This is Buffalo Bills Radio.
0: Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Steve
1: Tasker, Josh Reed back with you until three. We're pleased to be joined now by a former Bleacher Report NFL writer, former Bills Packers beat reporter, and the founder of Go Long, uh, extended NFL features writer, Tyler Dunn. Tyler, thanks for coming on with us, man. We appreciate it. How you doing?
5: Better now. It's, it's always great to uh, talk a little football with. With Steve Tasker and Josh Reed, good. Good to see you, fellows, again.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's a, It's one of those days. It's like a Friday in February. It's like there's a sheet of ice out there. Let's just hunker down and talk. Um, it's It's better to do that today than to go out and, and what mow the
5: lawn, right? <laughs> I know. You know. I feel like we're getting off scot free down here in the Greater Boston colden area. Yeah. It, it wasn't that bad. All these snowstorms usually. We get hammered, and it really wasn't that bad this winter. I haven't had to bust out the, the snowblower too much. So, sorry to all of our friends downtown in the North Towns.
1: We got a bunch of, you know, it, we're at that point of the year, we were kind of in the same, almost the same spot last year. I mean, um, virtually the exact same spot with the Bills' roster, where they were, where they're over the cap, all of this stuff going on. They're almost identically in the same spot, um, except they didn't have Von Miller in the club at that point last year but they had a ton of guys that were on one-year deals or rookie contracts that were expiring, maybe like, you know, like 22 this year. They had at least that many last year. And how likely is it for you that their way of doing business can get them back to the championship level again this year?
5: You know, I think it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the, the Bills have the hard stuff figured out. Josh Allen, top five quarterback – you're going to be competing for super bowls as long as he's under center. So it, it kind of goes without saying, but you have to say it to I, you know, I even remind myself, look, as long as he's the quarterback, you've got a shot to win, but there are some very real concerns. You know, this is a super bowl window that is open. You don't know how long it's going to be open. Every team that pays a quarterback has to take advantage of it. Um I I do think that you just have to start drafting better, right? I I think that it probably starts there. You can't really go out and start handing out blank checks to free agents. You don't know when Von Miller's going to be back. So it's just a matter of drafting better and and getting better from within. I, I think that you can find some hope on this roster. And, you know, some of the playmakers that were maybe a little underutilized last year, Naheem Hines. You saw him take over that Patriots game. What's his role going to be if he's in that offense? Uh, maybe using Dawson Knox a little bit more. Uh, G- Gabe Davis, maybe he's able to take a step when he's not thrust into that number two role. But it's, it's not going to be easy because you're right, Steve. I mean, they're going to have to really cut some salary, maybe convince a few guys to take pay cuts. And it, it's not the case that it was the last few off seasons where you can just kind of spend.
2: Yeah, we've reached the reconstruction of salaries time of season where we always see that and hear that teams are going to restructure player X and Y and create salary cap space. And, of course, the Bills are one of the teams that will probably look to do that a little bit. It's funny because, you know, last year you flash back a year ago and in the postseason press conference, Brandon Bean said, I'm not going to go big game hunting, right? And then all of a sudden – Vaughn Miller shows up and it's about as big a game as you could possibly get right in the free agent market. But when you start looking at the free agents that are out there, Ty, immediately you go to quarterbacks, right? And there, there are some interesting names out there right now.
5: Overall, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a wild week down in Indianapolis at the Combine. I'll be there, but there's a lot in flux, right? In terms of the quarterbacks that are out there in free agency. I mean, wh- who knows what's going to, it's not even really who's available as a free agent, but Lamar Jackson, that's getting a little awkward with Baltimore. Daniel Jones and the Giants are probably best together, but of course, Daniel Jones has to ask for 45 million a year. Why, why wouldn't you ask for that much money? You can always work your way down. And then Derek Carr's sitting there saying, all right, Aaron, make up your damn mind because <laughs> I want to go sign with the team. I mean, the Jets, the Raiders. Maybe even the Titans, there's a lot of I mean, half the league would probably take Aaron Rodgers, uh, but we all waited for him to emerge from his darkness retreat, which I'm not going to lie. It looked kind of comfortable. I think it, he, he really uh, overplayed his hand there. He, he made it seem like he'd be in a dusty dungeon dungeon living off of like, you know, puddle water. And uh, ants that make their way into the cave. It right. it looked like you know an apartment in New York City that'd go for a couple thousand a month. They really, really did not look that bad. Yeah, but, and it's, um, it, it's Packers it have a decision to make too, and I don't think they're I don't think they want him back. I think they're going forward with Jordan Love. Right, that's the
1: real question. So if they like, if they do, which we all kind of agree, we were sick of seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Packer helmet. What happens to him? Certainly, the Jets are in play for that. Um, Maybe even the Miami Dolphins are in play for that because of Tua and his stuff, and plus their owner was already caught tampering with another franchise quarterback from somebody else, Um, and other other teams. I mean, there's a ton of teams that would be interested, no question about it. Where does he land?
5: You're right. I mean, I I trust uh, Bob McGinn at at our site, golongtd.com. He is speaking to people with intimate knowledge of the discussions and deliberations and the plannings for the Green Bay Packers in 2023. So yes, there's some instincts involved, some experience involved, but he, he's talking to people in the know. And as of right now, Green Bay is moving forward with Jordan Love. And things can change. People might get weak in the knees. You, you might have Mark Murphy or Matt Lafleur, Brian Gutekunst have second thoughts, but. Logic tells you this. History tells you this. They went through the same thing with Ted Thompson the summer of 2008. Hey, Brett, Brett Favre won 13 games and was one play away from the Super Bowl, and they moved forward with Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay was 8-9. and nine. Aaron Rodgers went 2-6 for 12 yards with an interception in the fourth quarter at home against the Detroit Lions with a playoff game on the line. He's not the same quarterback, and you know he was at his best when he had a receiver out there that he has tens upon tens of thousands of reps with, that he's worked with, and he can just operate if, operate it off a of feel and audible. I had a player tell me he changed about a third of the plays last year, which is great when you've got a Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams and your street ball and not so much with rookies that you chose really not to work with at all in the offseason, unlike Patrick Mahomes bringing guys down to Fort Worth, Texas, and unlike stuff Josh Allen's done in the past. So, yeah, I'm getting around to your question, I promise you. But I, I really do think they're moving forward with Jordan Love They love his progress, year two to year three, huge jump. And then it's a matter of, okay, finding a trade partner, finding somebody to take take some of this money. Um, And, of course, they didn't want this information out because it hurts their trade leverage. I'm not surprised that there are some national reports out there that make it seem like Green Bay still wants him back. The Jets make a lot of sense. I, I can see Aaron Rodgers going to New York, reuniting with Nathaniel Hackett, I've been told many times they were unbelievably close in Green Bay. He'll have his freedom at the line of scrimmage. He's got a good defense, uh, young players on offense. I'm not saying that this pushes the Jets over the top. I I don't think it does. Uh, But Woody Woody Johnson's probably desperate enough to acquire him. Do you think that is
2: a roll of the dice, not not talent-wise if you're the Jets, but bringing Rodgers and his personality into that offensive room with the younger guys. It's it, Like you said, they've got playmakers on that side of the ball, but they're pretty young. And we've seen Rodgers hasn't been putting his arms around the young guys all that much. He wants the established veteran receivers. To me, who that's a roll of the dice because if you have Rodgers and Garrett Wilson and all of a sudden it's this, that's a problem, and that is a big problem.
5: I think the Jets would have to count on Aaron Rodgers being unbelievably ticked off and motivated unlike he's ever been before. If 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 Green Bay in that meeting room with Aaron Rodgers says something, if they tell him what we're hearing, we believe Jordan Love is our quarterback in the present and the future and we're ready to win with him and move on. We know that that kind of stuff gets Aaron Rodgers going. So that that's their best bet because I'm on honestly I'm with you Josh. I I don't know at this point of his career if he's really willing to go through April, May, June, July, working with these young players. Like, you'd really have to work with them at this stage of his career. I mean, he put him on blast with Pat McAfee, you know, just a month into the season saying, hey, if you don't know what you're doing, we got to bench you. And I'm sure some players, the ones I talked to said, look, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's the general. We had to play better. But, yeah, it would have been really nice if we had him back in OTAs, right? I mean, it's and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers' play starts to suffer, and you wonder, does he take his own advice here? Should they bench him at four and eight? Uh, Hey, we see this across the NFL. I'm I'm sure Steve remembers it in his day. You know, you, you put up with so much other stuff, drama, baggage, personality, when that player is performing. If the talent justifies it, you put up with it. That's why Green Bay's had him as the starter for 15 years. I don't think the talent justifies it anymore. I think he's an, an average, okay, middling starting quarterback for them.
1: If this trade happens, wherever it whoever it's with, when does it happen?
5: I think the time frame is it's fluid, but I know Green Bay wants an answer soon. If conversations haven't already happened. They're probably happening today or tomorrow, right? Green Bay is going to make their intentions known to him. Aaron Rodgers is, is telling them first. Aaron Rodgers has to let him know if he's playing football, which I think we can assume he, he is right. He, he's told Mac if he, I can play at an MVP level. He's not going into cant with Tom Brady. He, he's going to definitely desire his own spotlight in his own moment as, as he should maybe, Uh But then from there, if he does say he wants to play, and if Green Bay does say we're moving forward with Jordan Love, I would think it's pretty quick because everybody's waiting on this. And look, the Jets probably have an offer ready. Other teams probably have offers ready. And it's on Green Bay to leverage what they can to, to get the most for Aaron Rodgers. And they really should have done this two years ago, last year. Imagine the haul you could have gotten for a reigning MVP. What, three first, four first? If Russell Wilson's getting all that. For, uh, for Seattle, what does Aaron Rodgers get you? And look every quarterback, this side of Tom Brady, this is what happens. You get to 38, 39, you just can't do what you did before. I was talking to Jordan loves, uh, OC OCA Utah state about this. So I thought he made a great point. He's like, Tom Brady's a freak of nature. LeBron James is a freak of nature. And you look at that NBA all-time scoring list, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Carl Malone, down to Moses Malone, Shaq. Their last year, they're averaging like eight points a game. Like, you, they're stumbling to the finish line. There's very, very select few athletes can do what those two guys are doing in their two sports at this age. And maybe Green Bay thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be different than Marino and Breeze and Peyton and Big Ben and Eli and Rivers. I, I, don't, I, I think we saw that he's not. His legs just weren't there last year.
2: Yeah, to your point, moving on from a guy a little bit early, is way better than a little bit late because look what the look what the Browns gave up for Deshaun Watson three first rounders for a guy who didn't play for a year who had all this baggage surrounding him so right. Right. You're, and you're, their
5: soul right yeah and
2: their <laughs> and they sold their soul absolutely okay so the other quarterbacks that are out there let's talk about Derek Carr now where if the Jets don't land Rodgers. Is Derek Carr plan B or is Derek Carr plan A? Because apparently he's going straight to Canton, Ohio. Fr- from the Jets right to Canton, Ohio. At least that's what they've told him.
5: Oh, man, I love this time of year. It's like if you really believe that, then right. just give him, give him the, the money. Give him the richest contract you've ever given a quarterback. Right. <laughs> actions, 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 speak louder than words. Everybody must remember that through free agency, the NFL draft, what you do means a hell of a lot more than anything you say. And there's going to be press conferences down there at Indy, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday with coaches and GMs, but they're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, and maybe they like Hackett's offensive mind. Um, The resume is whatever you kind of want it to be. I get it. He brought Blake Bortles to an AFC championship game, but didn't really have a lot of success here in Buffalo. Did not have success outside of that season in Jacksonville. And then f- fell on his face in Denver. A lot of that had to do with Russell Wilson too, but it's just not there, which tells me actions, right? Like they they, they brought him in because they thought they'd have a shot at Aaron Rodgers. I, and if nothing else, it was absolutely on their mind to some degree. I'm still convinced Denver did the same thing uh, so that it starts there. If for whatever reason they can't get Aaron Rodgers, then yeah, probably Derek Carr, because they're not going to go the, the youth route. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't work out. A lot of it was circumstance, but that's a high pick. Zach Wilson just is a terrible quarterback in the NFL right now, and there's zero chance that anybody would want him to play anytime soon. So you've got to go with a veteran. I mean, I think, I think it's well, Carr. I don't think it... It's really anybody else, and they're just, cars, just sitting there waiting. It's <laughs> just, interesting. Because, just waiting and wondering right. on Aaron. We're Maybe in- he'll go into another darkness retreat and make everybody wait some more. <laughs> right. We, we
1: start this conversation talking about Aaron Rodgers and and, um, and Derek Carr, and you, you want to talk about Lamar Jackson and what's happening in Baltimore. And basically, this always turns into a conversation about the New York Jets because the Jets still have, they, they're the ones with the money who could pay Lamar, pay Derek Carr, and take on Aaron Rodgers' cap hit. In a trade for that contract, they're the ones with the with the spot, with the roster and the money. And now you've got a team like Baltimore, who's, who who I, I just say they're going to franchise Lamar, let him play it out. They're going to franchise him again. He's going to let him play out, and then they'll say goodbye to him after five good years. He'll be a young player entering his prime, and they'll have gotten his best years. And they'll move on from him then because they're not going to give him two hundred and thirty six or two hundred fifty million dollars, hundred percent guaranteed. Will the Jets
5: do that? I, I think that the Jets, you know, who, who knows what, what if Brian Dable says, man, I'd love to get my hands on Lamar Jackson. Yes. Imagine Lamar Jackson to that offense. I don't know. It's just, it's a possibility. I, I think that Daniel Jones probably ends up with the giants and, the, and they're best together. They find the right number. And, they keep hunting for quarterbacks down the road, but anything's possible. There's going to be something that happens next week or the week after that. We're not even thinking about, we're not talking about maybe that's it. Uh, Somebody out there would give Lamar Jackson the guaranteed money that he wants. It's just way too hard to, to find an elite MVP level quarterback who does the kind of stuff that that he does out there. I I know he's had injuries and you're looking at the video right now. I mean, he, he looks like Kevin Durant with his body frame. It's, You're going to take some blows, even as good as he is, avoiding those blows. We we saw it last season. We saw it the last two seasons. He didn't finish the year. But somebody will pay him because teams live in purgatory at the quarterback position for for generations. I mean, we lived it here. You go 20 years without a good quarterback, somebody is just going to give him anything that he wants because we've seen how special he is. And it's interesting. This franchise tag obviously is the last thing that Lamar Jackson wants. And and maybe at the end of the day, he he shows up week one and plays on it. But I, he doesn't want to get tagged. And and we saw him handle his injury a certain way last year. However, that went down. Hey, Sammy Watkins spoke up and said, we, we need him out there, even if it's for passing plays. Baltimore might have no choice. They might just reach that point where they say, all right, let right, right, let's trade him right now, get everything we can, because at best we only have him for one more year. And a team like the Jets, heck, a team like the Giants enters the equation. Right.
2: Yeah, I just – I can't bring myself around to not to, – to believing Lamar isn't in Baltimore long-term. I just can't – I can't get there. I can't yeah. get there. I can't imagine Harbaugh at this stage of his career wants to, as you said, start from scratch – at quarterback, and maybe he thinks there's a veteran out there that they can plug and play. And I don't know, we just mentioned Carr as a guy,
5: but I mean, I just, Lamar Jackson, I'm with you he's too. He's special. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's, he's too good for them to let him out of the building. They, they've got to find a number, and they got him new coaches. I mean, he didn't like Greg Romans. Uh, you know, plan of attack in terms of the passing. Greg Rome. Hey, you guys have had Eric Wood on. I'm sure he'll, he could talk about it for hours. Richie Incognito, same thing up front at the line of scrimmage. Genius. What he can do in the running game. Uh, But these receivers, I've talked to Willie Sneed. Hey, Hollywood Brown. He wanted out of there to get paid somewhere else. Very elementary, very simple. Uh, That's going to change with Todd Monkin. I think you'll see a better passing game. And maybe that is appealing to Lamar. And he says, okay, I'll, I'll meet you a little bit more in the middle.
1: Well, let's talk about, you know, this Lamar having the leverage of just withholding his services from the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens wanting him or not going to be held hostage. And I I would make that we've heard this from some national people about how they haven't supported Lamar enough with weapons on the outside or whatever, and I would absolutely take exception to that. I think it's the absolute opposite. There's never been a club who's been more all-in on one quarterback – than the Ravens were on Lamar when they brought him out. They couldn't get wide receivers to sign there because they're going to run the ball because that's what Lamar did well. They put their whole roster and their whole whole kit and caboodle around his skill set and continue to. Now, you can make a case that they're not getting free agent wide receivers to play in Baltimore for him. Nobody wants to play there because they don't want to put on big pads and block. Uh, and they even said it, John, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh said, it. he said, we need wide receivers who can block in the running game.
5: That's, you know, there's only so much a team can do. You're absolutely right. And they, they had, I mean, they com- they basically brought his offense from college to the pros. They, they changed everything on the fly, Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. So that's where it gets interesting because what, what makes him special was highlighted In the hole, you know, juking like he's Barry Sanders at quarterback. There's nobody like him. We've never seen anything like this. So, you want to take advantage of that. I just feel like there's the passing game. You got to have something there if you're interested in winning Super Bowls. We see it every year to win three, four playoff games in a row. You've got to be able to take your layups. See what the defense has given you and do what Joe Burrow did here in Orchard Park that first quarter, hitting what, seven different receivers by, by, by the end of the quarter. Because he's just kind of seeing who's available and reading the field and slicing you and dicing you. That's what Mahomes does. That's what Josh Allen does when he's at his best. Lamar isn't that kind of quarterback, but you've got to have something, right? And it whether it's Lamar not being as accurate as he needs to be, you're, a lot of it is on him. I think that this changed with the offense and really reworking that staff, giving T Martin, a larger role, working with Lamar Jackson, at least gives you a little hope things could change. And Hey, but look, I I talked to Hollywood Brown. He told me that Lamar, the Ravens asked Lamar, who do you want as your receiver? And he said, I either want Jerry Judy the next year or Hollywood Brown this year. They gave him what, what he wanted to your point. So it's on everybody. No doubt about it
2: not having Greg Roman in that building may entice some wide receivers to, uh, to join the Ravens. It, three months ago, Jimmy Garoppolo was the free agent quarterback that everybody was kind of high on, thinking, oh, he's going to hit the market, and this guy's going to – and Brock Purdy absolutely crushed his value because Brock Purdy steps in there and makes the 49ers – they didn't skip a beat. In fact, they maybe looked better with Brock Purdy. Then with Jimmy Garoppolo. So now here's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's seeing what's going on around the league. Everybody, as you mentioned, is waiting on Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to decide to do? Darkness retreat 3.0 maybe. Who knows? Does he end up with the Jets? What do the Jets do? What do the Ravens do? Where's Derek Carr do? As you, as you keep going down the pecking order, at some point you get the Jimmy G, who, like I said three months ago, was kind of the, kind of the name that was linked to the Jets a little bit. It. Is there a possibility we end up right back at that square one where Jimmy G is a viable candidate for the Jets again, or no?
5: Where's Jimmy G end up? He took down uh, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Fields, right in the divisional playoff round. While he's while he's injured, so you can talk yourself into Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not going to do it. I think as close as he was going to take any team to the Super Bowl was when he had Emmanuel Sanders wide open. I mean, Kyle Shanahan schemed it up perfectly and he overthrew him. I mean, there, there's a game winning touchdown that he couldn't hit. He's got his limitations. It's got to be a team with a really good running game, a really good defense weapons all around him. That that's what he had in San Francisco. I think that's absolutely as good as it gets. And he's, he, he's going to be that $2 DVD at the bottom of the Kmart bin for yeah, a team out there. You know, somebody, <laughs> so somebody's going to have no choice, but to just say, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo, and that, and that could do be the Fancy Jets press
1: conference, and that yeah, could be the Jets. It's Going to be somebody, that's for sure. He he'll be he'll be in the league next year. I got one last thing for you, Tyler. Uh, we just got a report out this yesterday and today that before he left Seattle, Russ Wilson had asked have Pete Carroll and the GM John Schneider fired. Uh, he I mean, it is an absolute power play within that organization to try and get what he wanted done for whatever reason and the Seattle Seahawks were not having it. He's the one who's out. He goes to Denver. Denver stinks, and Seattle looks way better without him than with him. What would you make of that whole scenario and how it played out in Seattle reportedly?
5: Man, Steve, I'm really pro player in general because the players are the ones out there risking CTE and ligaments and bones, and this is the most violent game on earth but at, at, at some point it just becomes ridiculous. And what Russell Wilson wanted out in Seattle, what he got in Denver. I mean, his own office in Denver, that's on like the second it's a floor above the players. It's on the same floor as the coaches. And he's telling players, Hey, I've got an open door. Are you a player? Are you a coach? And it, it, it ran amok instantly. They were what? F- five and 12. So g- good luck. If you get one of these quarterbacks, Right. He's going to want X, Y, and Z, but you got to draw the line somewhere. You have to know who's in charge, who's the player, and good on Seattle for having a backbone. Good yeah. on John Schneider, Pete Carroll. They did it probably even a year too late. They it got a little risky there. They were really close to trading him to the Chicago Bears. It, people in Chicago, I, I was told, they thought it was good as done. It was basically whatever you want. They They didn't get it done. He played one more year in Seattle. Then they still got the deal that they wanted from Denver which makes it, to bring it full circle, it's just crazy to me if Green Bay is going to try to convince itself they can still win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. You you, you already kind of let this thing run amok to to this point where he's lying about his vaccination status. I don't care if he's jabbed or not, but he wanted everybody to think he was, and he wasn't, and is carrying on, lying to everybody. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, talking about taking mushrooms with Joe Rogan and Ayahuasca and it's, it's very strange and you want guys to be themselves, but to give him that seat at the table and trade for a Randall Cobb and then have that acquisition hinder the development of another slot receiver, it does affect things on the field. So, you know, he's asking for five or six of these veterans back on the team, the Tunions, Mercedes Lewis, Al Lazard, Cobb. Uh, it, you, it's something you have to say, Aaron, you're not the GM. Like, we, we've got a team to build. We've got a team to coach. That's why I, I really do think they'll move forward with Jordan Love. I think Green Bay's had enough, but we'll see. You never know in this league. Things could change. Tyler
1: Dunn, thanks for spending some time with us. And but before we go, how do we sign up for, how do we subscribe to go Long
5: TD? Hey, I appreciate it, fellas. Uh, GoLongTD.com and. You can just subscribe there to hop on the free list, the pay list, uh, anything you want. Would love to have you.
1: All right. Thanks, man. It's good talking to you. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed, Tyler Dunn, thanks for being with us. We'll be back with One Bills Live on Buffalo Bills Radio right after this. Welcome back to One Bill's Live. Steve Tasker, along with Josh Reed, uh, WIVB Sports Director, Channel Four here in Buffalo. Thanks for coming on today. We got some stuff. We, it's a Friday, so we put the question out. You know, what do you want us to talk about? What do you, what questions you have that Josh and I might be able to? We're getting some feedback on a tweet sheet. Uh, tweet sheet brought to you by Corrigan's Moving System, the official equipment moving and rental company of the Buffalo Bills. How does, the and this is from Jeremy, says, how does the salary cap work in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl, or rather, how do the players get paid and what does it count against, if anything? It doesn't count against anything. There's no cap for the playoffs. And the the players in the NFL are played from a separate pool that the league pays. So everybody, and everybody, you know, the quarterback, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, all those guys get paid the same amount that Jamokes like me used to get paid, you know. Not that I used to get paid, but guys on the team now will get paid. So they all get the same paycheck for the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and it comes, you know, Monday after the game, and it usually it doubles every step of the playoffs. And um, it's for what m- some of these guys make, it's not very much, although it's gone up significantly since I played. But when I played, it did make a difference for for me and my family. Sure, uh, it was a big, it was a nice paycheck. It was a nice Wait, paycheck.
2: I, now I, I can only assume. I think it's safe to assume that these guys all have electronic banking now, right? You guys probably got the hardcore check. Oh yeah, right. The actual hey, here's an envelope with a oh, check in it. Yeah, you know I hadn't thought about it, but right. Yeah, I, you walk up,
1: and she thumbs through the stack and hands you yours every Monday. That's how it works. There you go, sixteen weeks a year. Yeah, okay. and then it was seventeen with the buy. Yeah, and now it's eighteen with seventeen games.
2: Yeah, yeah. You now, get, because had, now everybody has electronic. I never banking, forget. So it just goes right. Into funny your... story.
1: I don't. Even, I don't even know what the numbers were, but you know Jim was making mega bucks, right? Sure. Kelly, and. On a Monday after a game we win or whatever, I went over on the way up to my meeting. I stopped off, got my check, and set set my playbook stuff down. We're gonna watch the game film. Jim sits next to me, and he grabs my paycheck, opens it up, looks at the looks at it, puts it back on thing, and he crosses himself like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're, <laughs> you can." That's he goes. I am so lucky to be making what I make.
2: Oh, it's a classic. <laughs> okay. he,
1: he was a th- he kind of thank thank the good the lord, lord thank the good lord above. <laughs> I'm not making his paycheck. So yeah,
2: that's a classic. But that's how
1: it was. there's no salary cap for the playoffs or the Super Bowl. You get everybody gets paid a flat rate, and it's set by the CBA. And it's you know it's great for some guys, and it's like playing for free for other guys. Just the way it works. So it's the way it goes. From Jack on the tweet sheet. What's your opinion on the Bills drafting Jackson Smith? In Jigba, Ohio State wide receiver at twenty-seven, his I like his size, speed combo. Ohio State has as much, as much as I dislike them. He says really has put some marquee wide receiver talent into the NFL lately. Um, if not, who's better or a tight end maybe? Um, Jackson Smith in Jigba, I don't know that much about him. Uh, I really don't. I've got, I'm
2: keeping track of
1: all these guys.
2: Now he's one of the few that I watched a lot, and I try to watch college football during the NFL season, but. We're so wrapped up in what the Bills are doing and what's going on around the league that I don't watch as much as I'd like. But Ohio State's one of those teams that's on a lot, so you do get a chance to get a chance yeah. to see them quite a bit. I tell you what, if he's there at twenty-seven, which I don't think he's, he will be,
1: he's six-one-two hundred. Um, he's
2: yeah, he's a he's, playmaker. He's one he, of the
1: top receivers in college he, football. He's he may be there. He may be there, and he may be a guy that the Bills like. And here's the here's what I – about these mock drafts, and we, we can talk about a little mock draft stuff in a minute if we want to as well. It's going to depend on where the Bills' roster is at the time of the draft, and we don't know where that's going to be just yet. they got free agency to go through. So there's a every chance they could sign somebody like, you know, an OBJ. Sure. Just for instance. Talk or they could sign – yeah, they could talk to – sign some one of these guys that's like, wow, plug him in, let's go. One of those guys, which pushes a guy like – Jackson Smith down yeah so yeah that that sure if it's today sure grab the guy we'll take him but right now we don't know how good or bad the rest of the roster is going to be that you might not get back into a corner with a need instead of a, a want
2: yeah I he he's a guy like I said I, I had a chance to see quite a bit in college he he can play in fact his old teammate was Garrett Wilson right and he said that Smith and Jigba was the best receiver on that team two years ago in Ohio State. Right. So I mean, if that's the case, and he's there at twenty seven, then that's a, that's a no brainer. The other yeah. receiver I like we'll is Jordan Addison. Yes, he's a he's a he's a good one from Yeah, USC. he's a six foot one
1: hundred seventy five pounder. So he's a little bit more wispy. Um, Jigba is two hundred, and yeah. this guy's a buck seventy five. So they're both really good. Um, but they're it's it's going to be where the roster is at draft time. But certainly, I think they'll be able to get one of these guys. You know, certainly one of the top five, six receivers in the draft when they get, when they pick at twenty seven. From Rick on the tweet sheet: If the Bills allow Tremaine Edmonds to walk this offseason, do you think there's any chance they might pursue Bobby Wagner, who is reportedly being released by the Rams? He has been released by the Rams. He might be too expensive, or he may be just a different guy. But yes, in fact. Uh, in our text loop here, it, it, the guys in the control room, they pop that up on our text loops. Hey, Bobby Wagner's gone from the Rams. Who's an All-Pro inside linebacker? He's a guy, uh, but they dropped him because of his cap number. He's a yeah, winner. Too. He is a winner. Yeah, that's a guy that would be no drop-off from from Tremaine Edmonds to Bobby Wagner at all. Uh, they come with different gifts, no question. But Bobby Wagner can go, and he makes guys around him better as well. Uh, he may be one of the few guys who could possibly you could make an argument being an upgrade from Tremaine. Um, not too many of them, but he would be one of them where you could make that argument.
2: He, when we were getting ready to head out uh, to, to, for, to L.A. When they, when they were playing the Rams and That was one of the guys immediately that you started talking about was Bobby Wagner. Watch that side of the ball. Watch how good he is. Um, I tell you what, I think that I think he would be a great addition to that defense. Um, Now, I say that because long term, Tremaine Edmonds is still. It's probably still beneficial to have him over Bobby Wagner, but right now is your championship window, right? So you got, to me you're worried about the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You know, to to me that's the, and that's what Bobby Wagner is. And let's all keep in mind, he uh, he was a teammate of Von Miller's, and we all know Von Miller right. enjoys recruiting. He he has all but said it, right? Von Miller enjoys recruiting and uh, wants to be a a GM one day. So uh, maybe he'll put his recruiting right. hat on and. And and talk to uh, talk to Bobby. Wagner. He's going to
1: be 33 this season, so by the time the season rolls around, but uh, certainly, uh, there's a, that's a guy that can really still play it and play at a high level. Uh, this next question from the tweet sheet, uh, this is for you. What are your top five locker room guys you like to interview, and maybe stuff tells you stuff that doesn't always go on the record.
2: Top five interview guys in the locker room. Um, that's re- that's a great question. Um, I would, say, I would definitely put Micah Hyde up at the top of that list. Micah is just – he's very honest. You always get an in-depth answer, you know, especially if it's an off-the-record thing. He'll give you – you can tell that he's thinking about what you're asking. It's not – because there are guys that you can tell when you're asking them that they've flipped it off and they're giving you the canned answer that no matter if the, the camera lights on or off, they, they're just going to give you what to get you out of their stall and, and make you leave. Micah is definitely one of those guys that's, that's just always great to talk to, informative, always has, you know, always has. You feel like you're learning something when you talk to Micah High. And that's something I always appreciate right. because a lot of times, you ask a question because, yep, maybe you already know the answer to it. But then there are a lot of times that you're asking a question because, quite frankly, you don't know. And, and that's good. That's what you want because you're curious as to what goes on, you know, why this decision was made or why he did this or that. But, yeah, Micah Hyde is, um, is definitely up there. Jordan Phillips is another one. Mm-hmm. Jordan Phillips um, is great. You know, talk about another guy who – can give you really good insight. I get Mitch Morris. Mm-hmm. Mitch Morris is a good one. Um, Dion Dawkins was named the the media player, the good guy of the year. Dion is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not as he's informative. Don't get me wrong, but Dion is one of those guys that he. <laughs> he's always got that smile, he's got that personality, he's fun-loving, he's just, he's always there, yeah. and he's, he, like Mitch Morris, and like Micah, obviously Micah was hurt this year, but those two guys, win or lose, those couple of guys I mentioned, win or lose, they are at their locker stall after the game, and they, they talk to the media.
1: Good stuff. Well, thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. And thanks for everybody t- t- chiming in on the tweet sheet. Appreciate it. We're going to take a break, come back to wrap things up right after this.
2: Steve Tasker, Josh
1: Reed, One Bills Live on Buffalo Bills Radio. Welcome back to One Bill's Live. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed, winding things up here. Um, we uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the mock draft. Last ones I saw, uh, you know, coming down the pipe. That two of them I saw lately: Osiris Torrance, the tackle, going to the Buffalo Bills. I saw that twice, and then in the second round, I saw Steve Avila, who's a guard from I think TCU. TCU. Yeah. Um, they haven't. The Bills taken him. Ah, uh, one draft and this is this the NFL dot com draft, there was a three round mock draft, which is you know it's insane. Which means this is exactly how it's not gonna work out. <laughs> um they had the Bills trading up in the third round or no, in the first round, trading up to number twenty with Seattle, going from twenty seven to twenty to get Jordan Addison, the wide receiver. I like
2: him a lot. So that's interesting to think about. Yeah. I love the wide receivers. I just I, I think that's a that's a need for the I mean I know that we hear Brandon all the time say we don't draft need, we draft right. value. Yeah, you don't want to do but, that, but man, at some point you'd like to see them get somebody on the other side of digs that that can kind of take some of the pressure off of Gabe Davis a little bit. Right. Let him settle back into his role.
1: One of the things that's been a kind of name that has been linked to the Bills a ton is Bijan Robinson the running back out of Texas. What do you think? A oh, first rounder? A
2: first round running back. I don't care if it is 27, still a first round. Yeah, I just to me Wow. I mean to me, what's that what's that mean for Cook? Right? Right. I mean, what's That's that true. what's that mean for Naim Hines? If we're talking about, you know, him maybe having an expanded role next year after a Full season, you know, full off season in the playbook. Cook going into year two, man. I spending number twenty seven on a running back is. uh, What's so yeah? Before we
1: go, what's uh, what's going on with Channel Four? You're going to Indy, so I'll see you there.
2: Yeah, we'll see you there. We'll be there all week, and then when we come back, we do a thirty and thirty. We do different prospect packages leading up to the draft, and love that.
1: Brownie now be Brownie will be remote on Monday. We'll be in Indy. We'll be here on Monday and in Indy thereafter. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.